Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Good morning, City Life family. For those that don't know me, my name is Jazz Narciso. I am uh, one of the leaders here in City Life. I serve in our City Life youth team, as well as our Voltage team, as well as our media team, which is really fun. And if you're not serving in a team, be a part of it. It's actually so much fun. And so I've been a part of this church family since I was 17 years old. And that's been eight years now. I'm pretty old now. Um, and so I've been blessed since 17 to be a part of it. And if I have not met you yet at all, um, please, I want to say hi or hello to you after service. And I love meeting new people. Meeting new people is like one of the most fun parts of being a part of a church community. It's fun. Anyways, enough about the introductions. Um, so today we are continuing our series on Church in the Wild. And if you've not been following Church in the Wild, it is a series about, well, doing church in the wild, and doing your part in God's work in the world. And so the past few weeks, we had Pastor Jeremy start us off, and then we had Pastor Monica, and then Pastor Joy last week. And you can watch all those videos on YouTube if you want. Subscribe on that. It's a very Gen Z thing to say. Um, but yeah, and today's message, I get to continue it. Um, it's called Be an Echo. Tell your neighbor, be an echo. Yeah. But before I get started on that too, I want to ask a question. Have you ever had something in your life that you love so much or you're so passionate about that it's all you talk about? Have you guys ever had that? Yeah? Sports, maybe it's hobbies. Do you guys like to cook? Okay, that one you're going to have to prove. So you're going to have to invite me over or something. I love food. But yeah, so just as you have something you're passionate about, I also have something very passionate about, and for those that don't know me, they can probably guess that, actually, for those that don't know me, they can probably guess that it's volleyball. I love volleyball. Um, so this time last year, I started playing beach volleyball for the very first time, and if you've ever played volleyball, it is one of the most addicting sports ever. It's the, the bump, the set, the hit gameplay, and the repetition of it, it's so fun. And um, so yeah, I, would, I remember being obsessed last summer, and it took over, where I got to a point where um, I would go to the LRC to work out two hours a day, just to be like, oh, I need to perform better, I need to jump higher. And so right after that two hours workout, I'm going to go and practice hitting and serving for another two hours. And by the time I was like, oh man, I still have to go to work after this. I'm like exhausted. But it was so much fun. And that's all I talked about all summer. And that's all I did. I was like, Lord Jesus, I love you and volleyball. <laughs> and, then, and then so I played. And so that's all I talked about. I would invite people to come play on Sundays after church with us, and we would play beach volleyball. And then after that, I would talk about volleyball again and be like, hey, do you want to come play volleyball? We play every Sunday, which I think is happening today too, just saying. Shameless plug, <laughs> shameless plug. But you might be asking, well, Jazz, how does you playing volleyball and being obsessed about volleyball and talking about volleyball have anything to do with the message today? Well, today's message, again, is called be an echo. When something brings so much joy, excitement, and causes such a drastic change in the way you do your life and urge you to be better at something, it's natural to want to talk about it. If anything, you should talk about it. 
and because you never know if somebody else might enjoy the same thing you do. And again, the title of today's message is Be an Echo. Just as I was echoing the lifestyle of a pro volleyball player wannabe, <laughs> we too are also called to echoing um, the lifestyle of Jesus and inviting people, as, just as I invited people to be a part of the sport, you and I are also meant to invite people in a relationship with Jesus by the way we live and by the way we talk. And we're meant to do that through the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For those who don't know what the gospel is, the gospel is translated into the good news. And the good news is a very thing to hear nowadays. Social media, the news in general, you rarely hear the good news now. But Jesus is one of those things. The definition of an echo is the reflected sound waves from an original source of sound. In regards to this message, we are meant to be the echo. The never-ending sound waves reflecting the original source that is Jesus Christ. The voices that speak word by word the message of the gospel of Jesus. And I'm not talking about having conversations about Jesus to other people who already believe the same thing you do. Or arguing on the internet and commenting on somebody's Facebook, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, therefore you should repent every time somebody offends you on Facebook. That's not very wise either, I'm just saying. I'm talking about verbally sharing that Jesus, what Jesus has done, the meaning of it, and how it can allow us to make a change in our own lives. I'm talking about the gospel, the good news that Jesus died on the cross for you and I, and he was raised victorious from the dead so that you and I could choose to believe in him, follow him, have a restored relationship with him, and have eternal life. That's the gospel I'm talking about. The gospel that brings peace in somebody's life, the gospel that brings joys in somebody's life, the gospel that brings a transformation and salvation to those who hear it and accept it. The good news that tells that the God's kingdom was arriving here on earth and that we get to be a part of it, bringing healing and salvation around our circle of friends and families and to everybody else that we have um, access to be able to reach to. Because the story of the gospel isn't meant to stay within us. The stories that you hear during baptism, uh, the stories that you hear that changed your life, that story is meant to be told. And so... Because believe it or not, this is a time and generation that needs it most. This is a time and generation that needs hope more than anything. And we live in a culture so saturated with confusion, anger, hatred, and maybe some emotional brokenness and even mental brokenness that it needs something that is filled with hope. A good news that is consistent, that never changes, that remains the same over generations. And that is Jesus. Because generations change culture change. There's some jokes you can't tell anymore because obviously they won't get it anymore. And so, and the desires of the world changes, but Jesus remains the same. Jesus said, I love my creation then, and he's saying, I love them now. And that doesn't change. But who will tell the world if it isn't us? We're the ones called to share the gospel to Jesus, to, no, Jesus already knows it, to the rest of the world. But, and so, yeah, so who will tell the world that there's a God that's already provided hope and is offering love and comfort to the broken? It is you and me. And this is our part in the world, to speak and communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yes, I'm currently talking on stage about Jesus, and it's easy to talk about it on a platform, but I just want to let you know now, you don't need a platform or a soapbox telling people the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every day that you get to live is an opportunity to be able to share Jesus. 
and because the way that you live and the words that you use are attractive to people. And so we're called to be an echo. And so our words hold power, so share it. So tell your neighbor again, be an echo. Okay, in Romans 10, verse 13 to 15, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about it? And how can they hear about it unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Aren't you guys glad for, actually, one of the things I want to say is, like, I'm glad that we get to be messengers. We have beautiful feet. Actually, Pastor Joy talked about feet last week, and it was interesting. It was good. And so this piece of scripture asks a series of very good questions. How can people know about the good news if no one brings it to them? How can people know what Jesus has already done if no one talks about it? And simply, how can people know that there's a God that loves them enough that he was willing to sacrifice everything just so that they may find peace, love, joy, comfort, and most importantly, salvation in him if it isn't us? So, one of the most underrated jobs, I think, is being a delivery person. I think it is one of the most underrated jobs because whether you're a skip-the-dishes driver, which, bless your souls, I love food, um, or you drive big semis, or you're an Amazon worker, or a mailman in general, you are all amazing humans. But one of the things I want to talk about from this story is, so my mom is, loves Amazon. She loves getting things from Amazon. And she would order random items from Amazon almost like weekly or any other website. And so she's like, oh, every time, every week, there's like something on the front door. And I was like, who delivered this to us? We don't need this. <laughs> but hey, every time we get it, my mom would call. I was like, hey, can you bring the package in? I was like, yeah, I can totally do that, sure. But hey, it makes her happy. And then that ran random item will either never see the light of day or... <laughs> It'll get used once, and she'll be like, I told you we're going to use it. Yeah, like once. <laughs> but she'll tell me that in Tagalog. But see now, if no one delivered that item to us, my mom would never know the beauties of that product. My mom would never know the beauties of a tongue strainer. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of a tongue strainer before? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and... But actually, before I bought this this morning, my mom was like, see, I Googled what you use it for. I was like, yeah, mom, we don't eat those, or we rarely eat those, but whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, and so my mom wouldn't know what a strong strainer is if she didn't see it on Timu's website. Ever heard of Timu? No. Me neither. <laughs> so, but she found it, and she heard about it. Yeah, n don't know what this is going to be for. But... In the same way, we're meant to be like the delivery person, but with our words. There are those that have not heard of a tongue strainer or the gospel of Jesus, of, and the gospel of Jesus, and we're called to be an oral messenger of the gospel. And if God has transformed your life in some way, shape, or form, that story is meant to be told. That story is meant to be told. Maybe you were an addict or an alcoholic and you found freedom in your relationship with God. Be an echo of that. Maybe you found peace from anxiety and depression through your relationship with God. Be an echo of that. Maybe you struggled with body image issues or how you value yourself and you read on the Bible and you realized that, wow, God called me his masterpiece. God called me a work of art. Be an echo of that. And, there is, and the fact that we sometimes devalue ourselves 
is a disservice because God died on the cross because he sees your worth. He sees, I love this person, and, he is, and they are worth of this life that I get to live. And so when you're an echo of that, it is so powerful. So every single one of us is meant to be a messenger of the gospel in some way, shape, or form. Even the seemingly mundane story of an ordinary person. You don't have to have an insane background to share Jesus. You can have like the most seemingly mundane life, but it's still powerful. There are those who choose to not lazy because simply they want to represent God in his excellence. There are those who want to reflect who's nice to their neighbor and who's helping their neighbor because they just want to simply reflect the goodness of God. And another thing is like, some of them want to do their work in excellence, even at work, even when they're disagreeing with people, they want to do excellent because God has called us to excellence and grace. And so be an echo of that. It's these little things that don't seem out of the ordinary that are still powerful things to be told because that's what elevates ordinary to whole being. And so another thing I want to talk about to you is like, for those who grew up in church, have you guys, anybody here grew up in church? Yeah, yeah. Even your story is really powerful too. You grew up and were taught the goodness of God and his character all your life, and you've had plenty of opportunities to experience the joy and sometimes the disappointment in walking God's way from your own way. And I'm sure sometimes it was easier to stay than stay faithful, but why did you stay? There are people who are struggling with their faith, and you can be a story to enforce that too. And so it's like, and those are still powerful stories that needs to be told. And we're called to be an echo, and our whole word is power. So always share it. Always share what God has done in your life. And another thing I want to talk about as well is I want to read to you one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I don't know how it's one of my favorites, but it is my favorite, one of my favorites. It is a story about a woman who bled for 12 years. Have you guys heard this story? Yeah, it's a good story. Um, look 8, verse 40 to 48. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcome Jesus because they have been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with them to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with them, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years. 12 years. With constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming, be, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. And in verse 48, one of my favorite ones is, Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. What an incredible story. Because imagine being the woman for a second. You've been bleeding for 12, 12 years. You're exhausted. You're weak. You're kind of desperate. And you're hoping for some kind of miracle, a hope to cling on to. And in some of the other texts relating to this story, it is said that she has also spent all her money to fix this issue, lost all of her relationship, exiled from her own home because of her condition. Because back then, there was a Mosaic law that deemed someone in her condition as unclean, and people looked down on her. Can you imagine the level of heartache, isolation, and desperation she must have felt every single day? 
until she met Jesus and she was healed. That was powerful. And one of the questions I asked while reading this story is how did she come to believe Jesus can heal her? And who Jesus is? Like, how did she know about Jesus? Well, it's obvious because people talked about Jesus then. People talked about Jesus back then the way we should be talking about Jesus now. People talked and talked and talked and talked about what Jesus was doing, the miracles he was performing, water into wine, physical healings, and even dead coming back to life. There were incredible things that Jesus was doing that people were talking about that made him known in all of Galilee, Judea, and the outskirts of Peria and Samaria. These were amazing things Jesus was doing. Jesus was doing church in the wild. Jesus was performing miracles left and right, and even though there were some that he has told people to not speak about them, it's kind of hard to one day see a blind man see, see a paralytic walk on the side of the road, and it's hard to see a mute man speak. You're like, one day this guy can't talk, and all of a sudden he's telling you stories. And another thing is like, how can you hide like people being resurrected? It's like, you have to talk about it. Like, could you imagine being a friend of Lazarus for a while? Lazarus is a person that passed away, and then Jesus brought him back after like four days. And imagine being, seeing Lazarus going to his funeral, and the week after, he's like, what's up, Lazarus? <laughs> and then you go, and then he's like, aren't you supposed to be in the grave? Yeah, I know, Jesus brought me back. He's like, no biggie. I was like, all right. <laughs> but like, no way anybody's going to be able to hide that. Nevertheless, people all over the country came to know about Jesus because people taught. The lame, the blind, the paralyzed came to be healed because they heard about what Jesus, who Jesus is, what Jesus can do. And it's the same way this woman probably heard about Jesus as one then saved also from her bleeding and was given hope again. And her story will inspire many of us to live on, to inspire many of us like you and me. But the question I want to ask us from this story is this. I wonder how many people we allow to bleed just because we were afraid to proclaim the gospel. How often do we allow people to stay in the dark because we cared too much about how other people may perceive it or receive this, the gospel of Jesus Christ? And I don't blame you because we live in a generation and culture that genuinely wants to reject anything related to Jesus. But I want to encourage you this. Why should you be ashamed of something that's good in your life? Why should you be ashamed of something that gave you hope in the midst of hopelessness? Why should you be ashamed of something that gave you an identity that doesn't have to rely on how you feel day to day or who your relationship is with or even your job? This is an identity that doesn't shake. Why should you be ashamed of that? And so the answer is you shouldn't. It is natural to want to talk about something that is good in your life. It is natural to want to bring people along because you've experienced the goodness of Jesus. And if you're here today, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. I want to encourage you this or ask you this question. Where do you put your hope in when things don't go the way that you want it to go? Who do you turn to when things feel like they're hopeless? Because God offers so much. He offers love. He offers peace within a chaotic situation. He offers mending of relationships. He offers humility when you feel like you're too proud to forgive. God, Jesus is everything that, that we're missing more often than not. And so in Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power that brings salvation to everyone who, who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. 
When God does something so drastic in your life that it transformed it into something better, that is a testimony that needs to be told. There are people in this room and in your circle of friends who are acquaintances who haven't heard of Jesus or the gospel, and you're the one called to reach them. And to know that they are not alone when they struggle with depression or anxiety or loneliness, anger, sickness, confusion, that they are loved and where they are in life right now and that there is a purpose and a new life awaiting them when they believe in the good news that is Jesus. But who will tell them that if it isn't us? Again, in Romans 10, verse 13 to 15, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. And I'm speaking to each one of us right now. You are the messengers who bring the good news. You're the people with beautiful feet. And if you're sitting here today and God is in the center of your life and he has transformed your life from the inside out, then I encourage you, be an echo of that. That transformation received from our faith in God should be an inspiration so that we can see the same thing happen to other people, to those around us, to bring healing and salvation. That's the, carry, that's the mission that we get to carry. The sharing of the gospel is important because it opens the doorway for other people to make a change in their own life so that Jesus too can become the center and the source of life in their own life. So one of the questions I want to ask again, I ask a lot of questions, but really I hope that you guys are thinking. Um, so my other question is, how do we share the gospel, right? We talk about so much about the gospel, but how do we share it? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of verses from Colossians, but number one is pray for opportunities. Colossians 4.3, it says, pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. Mysterious. That is why I am here in chains. I like how there's like, yeah, that is why I'm here in chains, like little bits there. But a lot of times prayer is the best to get ready to approach any situation. If you're ever nervous getting ready to talk to somebody, pray. Pray before. I was praying before getting up here, and I was like, yes, prayer is good. <laughs> um, but before you start your day, pray for opportunities to meet new people. Pray for opportunities and courage and boldness and graciously to be able to speak when opportunity does represent itself. Pray for opportunities during conversa conversations with friends or acquaintances who don't believe in Jesus yet, where you can share the gospel. Whether they share something that they're struggling with and that stuck, that stuck with you, and maybe you've struggled with the same thing, share how you've overcome that. Share how Jesus has helped you overcome certain things in your life. And so I think that's a powerful one. So pray for opportunities. Number two, be intentional with every opportunity. So Colossians 4 or 5, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. And being intentional with every opportunity means you have a clear purpose or focus on sharing the gospel or your testimony when someone asks about your faith or Jesus, or even when they notice something that's different about you. Take advantage of that opportunity to talk about Jesus. And the, because, for example, it might look like this. At work, this might look like when everyone else is in the disagreement with the boss and is slacking off, you continue to work hard and you do it gladly. And when they ask you why you do it, it's because you want to reflect Jesus' character in your workplace. His, reflect his excellence and grace. 
for teens. I don't know where any of them are, actually. <laughs> so that was a general direction, but I lead in COI, so I was like, they get it. Um, when your friends are gossiping or talking about other people, you don't join in, but do the opposite. You encourage people. You talk well. And when people ask why you tell them that there's, when people ask you why you're not joining in all the gossip, well, you tell them that there's a God that values that person. Who am, I, whom, who am I to degrade God's work of art? Who am I to degrade somebody? Surely I wouldn't want to be. And another way of sharing the gospel is start conversations. That's an opportunity right there. Meet new people. Again, I love meeting new people, so if I haven't said hi to you yet, I want to say hi to you. And if they don't know Jesus, be intentional in going out with them for coffee or lunch or inviting them to hang out or do activities with you as you would with your own Christian friends. And one of the things is intentionally get to know them for who they are, where they're at, and be a friend. Don't be an eager, don't be an eager Christian um, who meets new people just to try to convert them. Like, Jesus isn't a sales pitch. It's like, have you heard about Jesus Christ? Yes? Okay, I'm gone. It's like, or like, they say no, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not talking to you anymore. It's like, no. Be a friend. You can't force people into a relationship with Jesus. Jesus cares about people and their whole being, so echo that. Care about them, love them, and be a genuine friend. And maybe opportunity comes up later in a relationship, but never force that. You wouldn't want somebody to come to Jesus out of contempt or persuasion. People, like Jesus has his own ways. Like again, Colossians 4, he says, mysterious plan concerning Christ. There's mysterious ways that God works. And so, yeah, and another thing on this verse, it says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most out of every opportunity. I find it kind of funny because there are some who's probably like, oh, you know where there's lots of opportunities? Bars and clubs. No. (laughs) Like, maybe. But it's like, could you imagine, like, going to a club's like, yeah, this is my calling. I'm going to go share Jesus over there. It's like, club music's bumping, and you're like, have you heard of Jesus Christ? Like, no. Like, like, the effectiveness level might be one out of ten, but you know, still. But there's many opportunities to share to Jesus. And for us as Christians, we're meant to take advantage of those. And so maybe some of you are asking, oh, Jazz, what if I'm an introvert? I'm scared of meeting new people. Well, let me introduce you to this thing called the internet <laughs> and social media. Use your platform to talk about Jesus. You don't have to see people face-to-face, and it's your profile. Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat have a thing called stories. I use this quite often, where you can share your devotions, Bible verse, or even your testimonies, and it'll be available for people to see and read for 24 hours. You can start polls or even open up discussions to hear other people's thoughts about Jesus or maybe what's led them to not want to believe Jesus and be able to open those conversations up. Technology is an incredible tool to spread the gospel if you learn how. So, yeah. And lastly, three, be attractive in your own words. Colossians 4, 6, it says, let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response to everyone. Do you guys have a friend that you enjoy talking to and can talk to them for hours to chill on the couch? Yeah? Those are the, one of the most fun friends. Yeah, be that, but for those that don't believe in God. When you're out in public and you're talking about God, don't be obnoxious or condescending. Don't judge people when they disagree with you. Speak with truth, grace, and integrity. Use your words to build people up. When you speak only life, people want to listen to you. 
When you speak only life, you have their ears wanting to listen. And there are some people, heck, there's some even people in my own life where I love talking to them because they just speak honestly and they always encourage people. And anything they say, I'm listening. And they'll ask conversations, they'll ask in conversations like, how are you doing? But like actually ask, how are you doing? Like they genuinely mean it. And people can tell if you're saying, how are you? But like don't actually mean it. So yeah, just be genuine in that. And people are attractive to that. And so, and when they're struggling, something they're not afraid to say, can I pray for you? Those five words, so powerful. And this level of genuine intentionality is attractive. And when your words have genuine meaning behind them that you actually care, they are powerful as well. And people are attracted to those who have nothing bad to say. That even the most blunt or constructive criticism or rebuke still feels nice. Like, I got in trouble often, but when people... Actually, I'm not a troublemaker, just saying. But, <laughs> like, whenever I do something and people share something, is like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Or people call me out, man, I am down to listen because people are living a life with integrity and all of it. So, and, yeah. So, again, number one, everybody say number one. Pray for opportunities. Number two, be intentional with those opportunities. And number three, be attractive with your words. And for me personally, these three things were how I got to know Jesus in my own life. People prayed over us, people were intentional, and we were attracted to people that lived a life representing Jesus. This jazz that you see in front of you is a combination of stories and intentionality of not just people in this church, but also the people, our neighbors in the Philippines. I was nine years old when I first heard about Jesus. Our neighbor, he decided to come over and invite six village kids to come over to his convenience stores to have dinner. And two years later, I said, I want to get baptized. At 11 years old, I got baptized, and that was powerful. And then a few months after that, we moved to Canada, and I kind of fell away from Jesus. And then another intentional couple came to my parents and talked about God, and that was powerful. I saw my parents get saved. And to me, and to me, I was like, that's not a big deal, you know? Because I was 11 years old, and I said yes to Jesus, but right now I feel empty. And then my parents were intentional with getting us three boys to come to church, and sometimes it didn't work out. And after we moved to Wetaskiwin, we fell, I fell even more away. I would pretend to sleep to not be in church. And I know some people are still doing that, but uh, just calling you out. Um, but I would pretend to not come to be sleeping so I don't have to come to church. But again, the same people that shared Jesus that got my parents saved came to Wetaskiwin and said, hey, we need to do something to engage your kids to want to be a part of church. And so they found City Life Church, and I have never been so attracted to people than the ones that are living a life and reflecting and echoing who Jesus is. Every single person in this room, you guys are an echo of Jesus. And at 17 years old, man, I fell back in love with Jesus because people talk, to Jesus, talk about Jesus around me, and people represented God. And when we were over on that old side, um, it, was, it was powerful because I remember going to my second service in City Life Church and I raised my hand for the first time saying, hey, I really want to be back in. I want to be all in for you, Jesus. And it was powerful. 
and and then a few months after yeah oh it's awesome and a few months after that i i like i've been attending fusion which is city life youth now and to see other teens give their life to jesus and to see other teens talk about jesus as if they were in love with them that was powerful and he encouraged me in my own faith and there are some who no longer follow jesus from that time but man i wish they knew I wish they knew how powerful their faith was to make me love God even more. And if there's some people in your life who walked away from faith, keep sharing Jesus because there are those who are impacted like me. And I want to encourage all of us be an echo of that because there's a 17-year-old jazz out there listening, watching, and just observing how you represent God. And we're all meant to be an echo. So, I just want to encourage us be an echo be an intentional part of Jesus' body. And you guys are, have powerful stories to tell. So I just want to encourage us to all stand up. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray to close us up. And we have the man going to play a song. But So I'm going to start praying. So if we can all close our eyes, bow our heads. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you've blessed us with so with you. You've blessed us, God, with who you are and that we get to be a part of your mission. And I just want to thank you that you are the incredible God that we get to worship, who's the incredible story that we get to tell, and that you've changed us from the inside out and now allow us to be able to share that, to be an echo to those around us. Thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in us and through us, in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to pray one more prayer for um, those who haven't said yes to Jesus yet. And I just want to encourage you, this is the time. So as a church, if you guys could all repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for who you are. And I just want to thank you that I am an echo. And today, I want to say yes to your purpose. Say yes to your mission on bringing healing and salvation to those around me the rest of the world and I dedicate my life to you to love you fully and to echo that in Jesus name we pray everybody say amen we hope today's message encouraged you if you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the city life app It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.